still is but i heard gilbert godfrey's uh amazing colossal podcast interview with him and he's working on the video game that they're doing of uh, friday the 13th or just yeah yeah they're adapting it into into a new video game where you uh i assume i think you're either a camper trying to avoid jason or you are jason but i think you're campers that are trying to avoid jason and it's a scale in the in-game, they, they basically recreated Crystal Lake um, and all its locations as best they could, so you can actually now walk around and explore this fictional place. Nice. You're going to laugh at this, dude. You're going to think I'm full of shit, but... Okay. Next door to my house mm-hmm. is a lake. A small oh. lake. But guess what it's called? Is it called Crystal Lake? Yes, sir. Yeah, it's, it's, it's called Crystal Lake. Video game. I have the original Friday the Thirteenth uh, NES game sitting on my shelf. Oh, the one that? Uh, yeah, wow. Did you ever see the review for that? That uh, local video game reviewer James Rolf uh, did. No, was it good or bad? It was pretty good. I mean, did you mean did he enjoy it or was the video presentation good? <laughs> no, no, like both, I guess. No, I mean, uh, it's just a review. I don't think he enjoyed the game. Have you seen Angry Video Game Nerds series? I'll check yeah, it out. Is it on YouTube? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, he has his own website as well. But it, they've been—he had—he had videos posted online before YouTube. So they've been there's—they go back a long ways. Like uh, some of his earlier videos are kind of slower because he's just started doing them. But he's uh, kind of been doing—he has a whole series of uh, of uh, it's, it's retro gaming basically. He goes back and revisits these old games. He's got so many consoles in his basement that he. Uh, that he um, films out of, and he does like sketches, and he, he was he's known for creative profanity. Uh, <laughs> so like the lyrics of the of the song for the show got adapted into. Uh, it's like let's see, he's gonna take you back to the past to play the shitty games that suck ass. He'd rather have a buffalo take a diarrhea dump in his ear. He'd rather eat the rotten asshole of a roadkill skunk than down it with beer. He's the angriest gamer you ever heard. He's the angry Nintendo nerd. He's the angry Atari Sega nerd. He's the angry video game nerd. And then they hit it at the end. Yeah, because he used to be called the angry Nintendo nerd, but he had to change it to angry video game nerd too for copyright reasons. That's 
anyway, so yeah, he did one. So so did you play? Have you played the the old uh, Friday the Thirteenth? You, you were saying you played the old one? Yeah, yeah, I got it on the shelf. I mean, I can't I can't play it right now. Oh, I used to have every Nintendo game known to man that they've ever made. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So over the course of of my life, obviously, I lost a great deal of those games, but. Sure. I still have quite a few on my shelf, and uh, one of them happens to be the original Friday the 13th game. So when I was a kid, I enjoyed it. Cool. And, you know, speaking of, remember when we were doing the, the, the now forever lost Halloween episode that we did? Mm-hmm. Let's hope that doesn't happen with, with our Christmas episode. But the <laughs> yeah. lost Halloween episode when I was talking about uh, video gamers on YouTube. Remember me talking about that? I believe so. I couldn't remember the guy's name it just popped in my head as you're talking about that the guy's name is dashy oh i've heard that name yeah i don't remember what you were saying about him but for anyone that's out there that plays video games and has kids like you know young kids obviously dashy is definitely not somebody that you can let your kids watch (laughs) okay i'll keep that in mind when i when i have kids funny as hell don't get me wrong but you, you you can't let your your kids watch dashy because they'll learn probably every curse word under the you know in the book so no to dashy by the way oh is he oh yeah he's in most of his videos he like maybe not all of them but in a lot Mm. of his videos when he's playing he he shouts and screams and i mean i honestly and he does that because he actually gets paid from youtube to, he, I don't know how the hell this this asshole did it, but he, he not that he's like an asshole in real life, but um, somehow he managed to 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 make bank off of uh, YouTube. So this is what this guy does: he he plays video games on YouTube like all day, I guess, or you know whatever he dash he does in his life. But he's, he's just boisterous and loud and vulgar. I don't know how the hell he didn't get kicked out of his apartment yet. I wonder if he'd uh, be a guest on the show. <laughs> Maybe. All right, I'll have well, to see I his. Can, I can probably uh, ask my sister-in-law because she's friends with him on Xbox, I think. Oh, well, yeah. well um, yeah, I'll have to look at some of his. I'm sure I've seen one of his videos in the past because I've seen a few people's video games. Like uh, PewDiePie is one I watch. I've, I've enjoyed his stuff. Um, but you know, the, I got the idea actually for, well, I mean, we, I should say, had the idea for doing the Doom series that we did in October, uh, from, uh, there was, a, before YouTube again, I believe there was this group, uh, there's a couple guys named Mac and Mesh, I believe, and there's, uh, English guys, and they, they would play Doom 3 in the dark on night vision camera and just, just frighten the crap out of themselves playing it, and especially this one guy. It was pretty funny. Um, Mac and Mesh, yeah, I might have linked it, I don't know, I'll find it. So, um, uh, so if you recall, uh, last episode we were talking about uh, Bill Murray, and then we started talking about Friday the Thirteenth movies. And uh, since the Friday the Thirteenth movies deal with uh, one undead character, and uh, even uh, we discussed the possibility of Jason Voorhees being actually a ghost by the time he gets to uh, episode eight, Jason t- takes Manhattan due to his uh, teleporting ability. So now, if I'm trying to tie up things and make awkward segues what do you suppose the next movie on bill murray's list is i want to say the iconic ghostbusters ding 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 that is it 1984's the ghostbusters where he plays dr peter venkman he was nominated for he was nominated for golden globe award for best actor motion picture musical or comedy that year apparently 
So that was that was Ghostbusters, and which I've seen many, many, many times. Uh, used to have a um, a tape uh, of it, and uh, it would I would put it on and listen to it like radio. So like some of the lines are kind of permanently emblazoned in my brain. Um, you can't step on a church in my town. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mother. When someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. Yes. Um, yes. I'm sorry, Peter. I'm terrified beyond the capacity for rational thought. I couldn't help it. It just popped in there. What? What just popped in there? I, I tried to think. Look! Ray, what did you do? <laughs> Strings and whatnot, yeah. It's the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Egon, what have you got? And then he says, Sorry, Peter, I'm terrified beyond the capacity for rational thought. Uh, yeah. We'll cross the streams. Excuse me, Egon. You said crossing the streams was bad. Uh, yeah, I'm fuzzy. On, uh, that's from earlier. He goes, I'm fuzzy on the old good, bad thing. Uh, never mind. There's a whole speech about the particle things that I don't know. Like, I mean, there are just, just, it's more the incidental lines, like the long, the longer ones I don't necessarily have, but like. <laughs> yeah, I a blank on that shit. I don't know why. It's like, well, because it's like you hear, you know, it's, it's, it's like, it, but once I start hearing it again, then it becomes familiar, but it's like, it's sometimes it kind of takes the cues to remember the rhythms. Cause at one point, remember, he just sort of starts singing in the beginning of the movie and it kind of fits with the music that Elmer Bernstein's got going on there. Yes. Just, just for a second, just for a few lines, he goes, you know, call it faith, Wrong. call it luck, call it karma. I believe, and it's like, and that's the only time that ever happens, but it's a nice little moment in the movie because it's like, it's, it's like one of those, almost like a magical accident that occurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if there hadn't been music, it wouldn't have been as notable. So. I believe that we were destined to get tossed out of this it, dump. For what purpose? That's right. For to what purpose? For business for ourselves. <sighs> And then something, something, we're going to need a lot of capital. And he says, where are we going to get the money? I don't know. And then he takes a drink. I don't know. And don't then coming know. out of the bank, you're never going to forget this. Forget this, Ray. Yeah. My, my, uh, my parents left me that house. I was born there. Don't worry, right? You're not going to lose the house. Everyone has two mortgages nowadays. Ray, for your information. And then he does a calculation about the, uh, something about the interest or something like that. Yeah. yeah. It's enough to make me shit myself. I'll tell you, I, I I still don't remember it, so I have no context of whether or not uh, how much money it, it or how how bad it would have been. Well, I uh, think I think the 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 interest rate of what he described in today's oh, market, I think that Ray would have been ass raped beyond belief. I was it like, but he says something percent interest. You didn't even bargain with the guy. Yes, uh, but I can't remember. Was it twelve? Was it twelve percent interest? I think it might have been twelve percent. God, go that's like a, movie. I got it on DVD. Yeah, because 12% is like, it's like an eighth of a hundred. Yes. <laughs> Essentially. Essentially. I mean, it's and, a, little, a little less. Yeah. And it was because of Ray that they got that badass, that badass, uh, firehouse because, you know, oh, yeah. because, um, uh, Peter Venkman, of course, you know, Bill Murray was talking to the real estate agent. And he's like, she's, he's like, I think it's a bit pricey for your unique fixer upper upper. That's all. And then you yeah. think, Egon, I think this place should be condemned. <laughs> It has like you know it's piss poor for our, our power need or inadequate for our power needs. The the load bearing structures are weak. This place yeah, is yeah, yeah. in a demilitarized zone. And then Ray's like, 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 this hey, does this bullshit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm gonna get my stuff. 
We should stay here tonight, you know, sleep here to try it out. And then that fucking big grin came on that woman's face. And then, like, yeah. the, uh, Egon's, like, shaking his head and Bill Murray's like, I think no. we'll take it. I think we'll take it, yeah. And remember before that, he's like, hey, does this pole still work? Yes, that, that's how that whole story <laughs> What the hell does that mean, by the way? What the hell does that mean? Does this pole still work? Like, do, will it come out of the ceiling if I come off of it? I guess maybe. Sure. Is it stable? I guess. But does it still work? I mean, it's a pole. You jump on it and gravity does the rest. Exactly. I mean, does you know. Does the pole still work? No, it's going to. Well, I mean. <laughs> if it doesn't, we're heading towards the sun because our gravity is, is stopped. Right. And you, you will see the ocean above your head in, you know, in a moment because you know it's the did, end of the world. You know what that just reminded me of? All those. Uh, I, I'm going to I'm going to put this on our Facebook page for everyone to listen to this. But yeah. th- that reminded me of like all the fucking Facebook videos that you see every once in a while, like the pole dancers and shit and the fucking pole just like falls down. Oh, God, I haven't seen that, no. I mean, I think I've seen yeah. somebody fall off a pole, but not the whole pole fall. Yeah, well, basically, these um, if you go to Spencer's Gifts, and I don't I don't know if they still have them at Spencer's. Oh, yeah, we got one. I've been to Spencer's in quite a while, but they have oh. stripper poles, right? Oh. Yeah, but these aren't the ones that you can – these aren't, like, the, the type of poles that you um, you you jam into the floor, jam into the ceiling or whatever, but they <laughs> attach to the floor and the ceiling. But I think that you have to be a certain kind of weight in order to make this pole work. So if you're extremely heavy, obviously the mm. pole is not going to hold up because it's 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 like kind of wedged between the floor and the ceiling, right? Sure, yeah. I mean, so the the videos and and they're always gag videos. I don't know if they're done deliberately or if they're just happen to be done by accident. But it's always of a girl, right, oh, jumping mm. on this pole and trying to do a pole dance. And always, 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 the fucking pole just gives out, becomes unwedged, and falls. And it's just, oh, no. it's, it's hilarious. I mean, you know, it's it's a thing about, like, if I saw it on America's Funniest Home Videos or something, I'd probably laugh because I know that nobody in any of those clips was seriously injured. And that's that makes it kind of okay for me to laugh because if I – because uh, otherwise I'm just laughing at snuff. <laughs> And it's like like there's stuff that makes it on the internet that's funny that's not where a person is like I probably died shortly after filming it and it's like oh that was that was horrible. Oh yeah, I mean like, somebody like got seriously injured. Obviously it's not funny, but see I'm right. I'm an asshole. Okay, if if somebody does something stupid in a video, if they're not like like too badly hurt, right? Right, right, right. It's funny to me. I'm gonna laugh my ass off. Did you send me the real life fruit ninja thing where the guy was like slicing up fruit with two samurai swords and cuts the fuck out of his finger? Oh, yes, I did. Oh my god. I need to put that on yeah. the page because that, that that guy. You know where I got that idea to do that from? To send me that or to, to well, you did what? Video. Oh, okay, like to cut up fruit with a sword? No. <laughs> Sorry, no, go ahead. Yeah, I was cutting up fruit from a, with a sword and I cut my stuff. Um <laughs> <laughs> the idea of that video, and I wasn't even like trying to find that particular video, but I did because it was funny. But the idea of that video came from the movie Tusk with Kill Bill Kid when he was like in his garage with the samurai sword and he accidentally cut off his his leg. So I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. So I'm like, I try to find something, I guess, similar to that on YouTube, and that's when I came across the guy trying to. Uh, slice fruit in the air with a samurai sword and he winds up cutting his fingers and passing out. Like, yeah, he cut him pretty bad. Mm-hmm. He was he was freaking out pretty bad. 
like I, I sliced the, the, the heck out of the, my left, uh, index finger tip, like just kind of sliced the top of it off and like a good portion of the, the nail. And it didn't feel good, but I'll just, I wrapped it up and did, you know, everything you're supposed to do. And, uh, and it, you know, it's fine now. There's a little more space under that nail than there used to be, but it's, it looks like it, it looks like, it looks like it used to again. So that's cool. Uh, Certainly. You didn't go to the hospital? No, no, it was, it was, it was not, uh, it, it was not a, I know it sounds like it was a hospital thing, but I, it was not down to like the bone and it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it didn't seem serious enough. It was a clean enough cut too, because the na- mostly what happened is that I managed to cut part of the nail off <laughs> and that made, so like there was some exposed and by the way, that skin under your fingernail is extraordinarily sensitive. I just want you to know. Yeah, so, like, if when I was in eighth grade, I was in I was in wood shop. Oh dear. Yes, and uh, well, my fingers are fine actually. I don't and I don't even know how the hell I, I got lucky, but I was cutting <laughs> something on the bandsaw. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know what what the hell happened. Next thing I know. And I'm like bleeding, but it didn't hurt. I guess because it, you know, it was, I guess I was shocked. I guess I don't know, but could be. I didn't, I didn't need stitches or anything like that for that one, so I was, I was lucky. But I took my whole damn finger off. Wow, yeah, yeah. It's a uh, you know, it's frightening to think of it. So yeah, so that area when it was uh, healing, basically, was I had to just kind of had to keep it covered. But every time I, like I, it was I had to avoid hitting uh, like touching stuff with my with that finger because if i just brush it against something it's like shoving a bamboo spike under under the nail it's just instant like electric pain so i had to kind of like sort of grab things with the rest of my fingers and just sort of move on and it's and you you never are more aware of how often you actually do just kind of incidentally touch things with a finger until you can't touch things with that finger and accidentally touch things with that finger. And it's like, Oh wow. I really, I am more aware of my finger than I ever have been. And and you can make a, a, of that what you will. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, good Lord. Just so you know that when Tyson injured himself, he could not masturbate with that hand anymore. Well, I mean, they, not without pointing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I can see what you're talking about, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say, <laughs> hey, look over there, look over there. Look over there. <laughs> look over there. Kind of like doing the watch, but like you're... What's that? What's that? What? What's that? What's that? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fucking great. Yeah, thanks. I only just thought of that. So, 1984, good year for uh, good year for film in general. Had some of the m- most top-grossing films coming out of 1984. At some point, we should do a conversation just out of films in 1984 because that was a pretty big year. Uh, year four, I was ten that year, yes. and of course they. They, we found lately, psychologically, um, apparently when you're 10 years old, everything is really, 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 really significant. So it's one of the reasons why people, like if you're, like, I guess if you were, if you were 10 years old in 1977, you have the, probably the best chance of being just the hugest Star Wars fan because that's the year Star Wars, Star Wars came out. But like, you know, Star Wars actually crossed that, you know, threshold, but as far, you know, it's a wide range of people find it. But, you know, there's a lot of people who are teenagers of, let's see, I was 13 when 
uh, sorry, I was I was nine when Return of the Jedi came out. I was six. So I had already seen the movie, so I was in, lined up perfectly for like things being really significant and interesting. And I, I had also by that time experienced the first uh, and the second, well, more importantly, the second Star Trek film, The Wrath of Khan. Yes, and, that was a good one, actually. And then the search for Spock comes out right after that. So it was like, you know, just the follow up because we lost major characters in that period of time. We lost Spock briefly and we lost uh, Han Solo briefly. That's right. We did. And then, you know, so, yeah, that was kind of cool. So then is is an awesome, awesome human being, awesome actor. And I love mm -hmm. uh, Sulu. Oh, yeah. Oh, if you get a chance, you should hear his uh, interview on uh, Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal podcast because he talks about he talks about the uh, the show that he's doing where he portrays uh, his grandfather or he portrays an old relative of him. Uh, it's a it's a section from his own life when he and his when he and his family were in one of the American internment camps. Yes, and you're right. Because he and his. Mm. We're doing this, obviously this is a recording. I'm so in the habit of acting like this is live. You said Han Solo, and I'm fucking talking about Sulu. We have to fix that somehow. Oh, that's fine. I thought it was just a segue. I didn't. It didn't. It didn't even sound like it, it didn't sound like there was a mistake there. It just sounded like we were talking about another character because it. Uh, yeah. No, so you were trying. So we lost. We lost Han Solo briefly, which we did. Yeah, and be from between Empire and Jedi. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, by the way, George Decay. Well, that's fine. I, no, but we were talking about Star Trek, so it fits. So let's see. Then we got. Uh, two more films in 1984. Uh, one of which I one of which I've heard of, one of which I haven't, and both of which I have never seen. The one I haven't heard of was a film called Nothing Lasts Forever. Now that's a Bill Murray film, right? Yes. See, I didn't. Uh, I didn't see that one. I don't think I've even heard of it. That's yeah. I haven't heard of that one either. The other one that I had heard of but haven't seen, although I should hear see it eventually, is called The Razor's Edge. See, now I did hear that one, but I just didn't. I didn't see that one, but. See that's that's the that's the thing like where you know in 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 the in the content of what we're talking about you know we either either saw the movie or didn't see the movie right yeah yeah if you like sit back and like you know our listeners I, I want you to sit back as well and and certainly I want you all listening to this I want you to engage us you know get involved with the Facebook page drop comments tell us certain things that you want to hear on the show and Tyson and I will gladly either work it in one episode or another, but we'll, we'll eventually get to it if we like it, obviously. But I want you mm -hmm. to take a, I want you to sit back and really think about your list of movies. Like my list of movies that I have not seen is quite extensive. And, uh, how is your list Tyson, as far as like movies that like, you know, you have to watch or you want to watch that you haven't gotten to yet. Oh, well, I mean, there's a lot of movies that I, I want to watch. I'd say my, um, I'd say the amount of movies that I've watched in my life, uh, although if I were to do a comparison count, lies between Roger Ebert and Helen Keller. No, wait, that's everybody. So, um, hey, don't pick on Helen Keller. Exactly. Yeah, it's a terrible joke. It's terrible. So, um, uh, <laughs> See, because Roger Ebert's seen every movie, and she's not never seen one, and everybody's seen either. Right, right. 
Well, not everybody. There are blind people who aren't deaf who've never seen a movie, but, you know. I don't think Helen Keller is either listening to, to movies or, or watching a whole lot of movies. No, I just remember, gosh, I remember that great Smodcast where, where, where they – they were basing uh, their entire supposition on a no, no. They're, he was basing his ability to not understand how Helen Keller managed to form language on the misunderstanding that he had, the misapprehension that she was born deaf, uh, dumb, and blind. And she wasn't born deaf, dumb, and blind. She was born with sight and hearing, and and then got some kind of uh, disease or illness or or uh, when she was a baby, and then that caused her to go deaf and blind. So she had had sensory input up to a certain point in her young existence. So that that was, you know, yeah, and other than that, though, I could totally see what he, it was, what he was saying. It was like, yeah, how do you how do you explain what something is to somebody who doesn't have a concept of even what a thing is, or the word thing? How do you give language to some, and it's, well, well, that's not the case. It's just, but that was boggling his mind through the entire episode. Do you remember this? Yes. What was that episode called? It was, I listened to that episode. It was called The Pretty Good Worker. That's what it was called because Scott says, well, you know, the movie is called The Miracle Worker. It's not The Pretty Good Worker. The Miracle Worker, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, great movie. Oh. It's it's, it's boggling his mind because here you're, you know, when a person is, is blind, right? Mm-hmm. You can obviously teach them how to read uh, uh, Braille, right? Yeah, yeah. When a person is is deaf, presumably not blind, you know mm-hmm. they, they learn sign language or they can learn to read lips, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Now you're dealing yeah, with somebody are... that's not only mute but blind and deaf. So and somehow she was able to to learn things. So. Yeah, I guess I guess you know I can see where it was boggling his mind because right. her teacher actually did teach her how to communicate and mm-hmm. and there's actually a, a video of it. They, they, I mean, there's a video floating around YouTube somewhere of. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's from a movie or if it's from like her actual, I guess, actual the real person, but you know. Well, I'd like to see that. That'd be amazing to. Uh... Because uh, I I don't I've seen pictures of her and I've read some of her writing but I've never I've seen any any uh, footage on her so that'd be cool oh, wow. like to like to see that yeah because they, they they even went so far as it's like it comes like I mean, maybe it's a scam and then they did this they did this whole speculation on how 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 uh, how it was like a con job and she actually could you know see and hear but was tricking everybody it's it you know it sounds horrible when you explain it uh, like like that but it's it's actually very it's you know I'm not laughing at Helen Keller I'm laughing at the fact that uh, it, it's it's listening to a person try to figure something out based on uh, incorrect information that's why I have incorrect correct oh you found something yes I did actually um, I'm sending you the link now so if you want to share with our audience or you can watch it later that's entirely up to you. Yeah. All right. Oh, and so your question was, uh, how are my list of movies that I have seen? Yeah, because basically, you know, everyone I, I send it to, <sighs> everyone has um, like a list of movies that, you know, they absolutely want to see, but they haven't gotten, you know, gotten around to it yet. Myself oh, yeah. Included. But through everyday oh. life, there's always people just adding, adding, adding on to that list of movies, you know, mm-hmm. they're making suggestions and you're like, ah, like, you know, like. Obviously, if it's like your best friend, 
you know, whenever mm. your relative they they suggest a movie, you're gonna try to watch it this way. You can you can talk to them about it or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. But every single day, right. there's just tons and tons of people that just want to build your list, build your list, build your list. And eventually, yeah. you, just, you just have to cut them off. Like, listen, man, I got too much crap I'm watching now, you know. And see, I'm not really a, a show watcher, so because well, I am because I watch The Walking Dead. But other than that, like, I don't have like a particular like TV show that I watch. But so right. for me, it's like people that you know they're like, well, you got to watch this movie, watch this movie, watch this movie. And I'm like, well, listen, I mean, obviously, if, you know, you're making a recommendation, I'll, I'll watch it, you know, obviously, but. To everyone else, gotta have like, time. You know, I piss off because I my fucking list is fucking long, but by the time I even watch all that shit, I'm gonna be dead. You know? Oh, totally. Yeah, it's like there's only so much time. It's like um, uh, Henry Rollins said about books. It's it's the same with movies, and if you or if you buy a series of television that you didn't get to watch and you want to watch, like Magnum PI, for example, we 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 bought Magnum PI so my wife and I could watch that because it was on in 1980. When I was, you know, when you were born and I was six, you know, or we were almost born. So, like, you know, it was interesting back then, but I certainly wasn't able to see hardly any of the episodes because I was very young. And I wasn't, you know, I didn't get to watch very much network television until fairly late in life. And that's fine. Um, but that's that's just the circumstance. So I didn't see it. So now I get to revisit that stuff. But this is the thing, the Henry Rollins thing he says about books. And I, I apply it also to movies and shows. It's like you're not buying the books. You're buying the time that you think you will have to read them. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I got tons. And let me tell you something. On, on I have a shelf, for like, I guess, in the studio here, which is, mm-hmm. when I say studio, it, it serves more than a studio, obviously. But I got a shelf here, tons of books. And I, I got a basement downstairs that has a shit ton of books. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's books I have now that I, I haven't even... Well, there's many books that I've, I've read, and there's many books here on the shelf that I haven't read yet, and so that's why when mm-hmm. it comes to books, it's like buying me a book is, yeah, no, it's that's not a good gift because I have so many books to read that I want to read. It's just I don't have time to get to them all, you know. Yeah, you know what I was what I was wanting to do at some point was uh, either I wasn't necessarily thinking of doing this on here, but I could possibly. Uh, but it was I'm doing the the Doug Loves Movies Challenge this year, where I'm attempting to watch 366 movies this year. I've probably told you this before, but I don't know if we have recorded us saying the conversation before, and it's it's something that I put on my Twitter stream. But I've just been keeping track of the movies lately because tweeting them out all the time became problematic and plus I had other stuff I was trying to promote on my Twitter so so I'm still keeping track okay so I'm still keeping track of these movies but I'd like to go through them at some point that we can have that have you seen this movie or have you not because I found like like I think Doug's thing was he was trying to watch 365 movies that he hadn't seen before in one year and I believe he managed to do that now I don't have the resources. Like I can't go to the theater and watch new movies every time one comes out. I can't, I don't have Netflix, so I don't have that. So what I figured is, is that I'm going to go through my library cause I would collect movies and I had some time. It's like, now I have time to watch these. So what I'm doing is I'm taking the time to watch movies that, uh, I, uh, if I have a series of films, I'm trying to get through those. Like for example, the Friday, the 13th movies, because, as with some of the other movies that I had seen before, I just hadn't seen them in such a long time that I just don't remember anything about them. And it's like watching it for the first time, a lot of them. So I'm trying not to watch anything that I have seen a lot. 
and I have managed to see movies this year, many that I had never seen before, but there's some in there that are just like, I just hadn't seen them in, in forever. Like, uh, I think I saw the Maltese Falcon once with Humphrey Borgart when I was 12 or something. And it was a long, it's a great movie. It's a long ass time ago, but I got to see it this year. I saw Smokey and the Bandit probably in 1979 or 82 or something around there, you know, and it came out in 76. I had two ferrets named Smokey and the Bandit. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, how oh, ferrets. Yeah, Laura had ferrets, too, at one point. But, uh, yeah. I know what you're saying, though, Sorry. about a movie, you know, about a library. I mean, yeah. I once got bored of shit, and I counted, well, I counted the amount of movies that Stephanie and I have collected um, since we've been together, and, and movies that I, I've brought into the relationship, and I think I've counted something like... Well, obviously, at the time, it's a little bit more now, but at the time I counted them, there were like close to six or 700 movies. Yeah, it's, a good, it's a good amount of films. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, I mean, I, I used to have a lot more on VHS, I have more, but uh, I had to sell off a bunch of those. It's interesting how life happens. Um, outside of sell off a bunch of books, I had a pretty good sized collection of, uh, paperback, of Stephen King paperbacks. Oh, I got quite the collection of Stephen King paperbacks. I I didn't get into him until late and later in life. There were kids in grade school that I knew that liked his books and whatnot, and uh, I, so I I don't remember what the first Stephen King book I read was, but it was but uh, but I did eventually start reading his stuff and enjoy it. I think I, I don't see it. Uh, well, that's the thing. Wasn't pet- You're saying uh-huh. that you you've started reading Stephen King later in life, right? Yeah, later. Like later, I guess is uh, it's relative. Like I think maybe I had seen a couple of the movie adaptations, and I was like, uh, like I just didn't read horror stuff. Like I read ghost stories, but I didn't necessarily read stuff that was really uh, gruesome and whatnot. And then I kind of, when I got into watching zombie movies, I was like, oh, this is okay, you know. It's, this is just my imagination messing with me. You know? Not that old either. So, I mean, but I, I know what you mean. Like as you go through life, you're you're tastes your you know your uh outlook on certain things they do change and mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. me i am now 35 i'm going to be 36 next monday ah my birthday next monday thank you yes this coming monday yes, this coming monday the 14th so november baby my my outlook on certain things my tastes have changed like i'll, I'll give you an example we're talking about star trek right Mm-hmm. Last show, um, we um, you know, then they have so many Star Trek shows, right? Yeah. So because I do have Netflix, I gave um, Enterprise, which was the last uh, Star Trek show uh, show on the air, right? I gave it a chance. Uh, yeah. Because I did back in my earlier twenties watch a couple episodes, and I'm like, hey, I kind of don't like this. And I, I and for me not to like a Star Trek show was was you know weird you know. You're talking about Enterprise, yes. right? I've still never seen an episode of Enterprise, although I'm a fan of Scott Bakula. Yes. So I I decided I'm like fucking I have it on Netflix. I'm gonna give it a chance. When I tell okay, you okay. I've seen in the matter of like three or four days, I've seen every single episode, and I think it's like eight seasons. Wow, of Enterprise? Good lord, oh, they did eight. I'm sorry, there's four. Oh, okay. Yeah, because there are eight of uh, yeah, so TNG. I, I, think. I totally binge watched uh, binge watched it on um, on Netflix, and 
I enjoyed it. I mean, I, I wish I would have gave it a chance, like, later, you know, like, earlier on in life. Sure. But, but well, you've enjoyed it now, absolutely. so that's, you know. I mean, there, there are things that we do revisit, you know, later in life, and we're like, something that we didn't probably like in our 20s, we like now, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, well, there's another, or it didn't have the time. Like, uh, there was one television show I really wanted to watch more of uh, when it was on, and and now I have the opportunity to go back and watch it, and that was Quantum Leap, speaking of Scott Bakula. Oh, Quantum Leap, yes, I, I love that show. Yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit, too. I mean, I really, I was like, I looked forward to it, uh, and I liked the cliffhanger aspect of it, that you could, like, see the end of one episode and then if you'd seen that you'd know what the beginning of the next episode was that was kept a continuous story i really appreciated that and then of course when i stopped being able to watch them i was like well i guess i'll watch these later when they're you know out on home media or whatever because they had started releasing stuff on home media in some form like there was stuff coming out on videotape and whatnot and Certainly there was no Netflix, but like Star Trek was starting to get released. No, not starting to. Star Trek, the original series had been being released on VHSs and sets. And, you know, it was, it seemed to be popular television, science fiction. So I was thinking, so at that point, I, even though I couldn't have known that it was absolutely going to happen, I could have made the strong guess that they were, there was, it was going to be available for me to watch in the future in some form. So I kind of, kind of backed off and went, okay, that's all right that I can't. You know, I can't watch this right now. I've got other stuff to do. And then I can come back and watch it. And, but it is an excellent program. I certainly enjoyed enjoyed it when it was on. I had friends that watched it, I think, all the way to the end. And even, you know, were talked about the uh, last episode a bit. But, I mean, I won't talk about that here because I'd be... Oh, um, by the yeah, way, now I'd like to talk to... The, end, uh, the ending of that because I've not seen every single episode of that. And it is available on Netflix, by the way. And I have not seen, I've only heard of, of the last one. So yeah, but what I would like to, uh, speaking of engaging the audience, uh, some of these movies that are on Bill Murray's list that I haven't seen that neither of us have seen, has anybody out there seen them and what do you think of them? Like, nothing lasts forever, I'd never even heard of, but I'd heard of The Razor's, Razor's Edge, and if I'd, I'd happily take any input on either of these, uh, whether they're good or not, I'm sure eventually I might see them. Um, I have not seen them either, and I would like everyone's output, uh, everyone's so then uh, the next film in, in Bill Murray's uh, oeuvre is a 1986 Frank Oz directed film Little Shop of Horrors oh yes sir no that movie was the shit adapted from the Roger Corman classic starring Jonathan Hayes and featuring in a very small role uh uh, Jack Nicholson in the in the original yes, film. Not to say that you mind fuck me like you always do. I hate when you do that. <laughs> we're discussing that, I was gonna look all badass and tell everyone about the original one, which I used to have on on VHS. I'm like, you know who used to yeah, play Bill Murray's character in Little Sharps of Horror? Jack Nicholson, a younger Jack Nicholson. Jack, Jack Nicholson, one of his first, if not his first role. That was. Pretty funny. I think, was, I think it was his uh, his first role, actually, or one of them, before he became the iconic Jack Nicholson. Well, he yeah, he did quite a few movies for Roger Corman. Uh, I mean, I've seen probably I might have seen all of the ones that uh, that he did for Roger Corman, but like especially the early ones, like um, he appeared in The Raven, that one with Boris Karloff, Peter Lorre, and Vincent Price, I think. I want to see yes. Yeah, I mean, he was. I, I mean, when I say I think, I'm not sure that Vincent Price was. And I know that Boris Karloff and Peter Lorre were, and Jack Nicholson. But like, I, I think it was Vincent Price. So yeah, it was, that was and that was a funny movie actually. That was one of the well, 
one of the better Roger Corman films. Um, uh, I mean, you know, many, most of them have their charm, but like, you know, <laughs> Attack of the Giant Leech is pretty poor, but also funny in times. But it's not like, I mean, like the Raven has good special effects. It's got, uh, you know, it's got great people in it. It's, uh, you know, it's a, it's rated G. So, you know, it's, yeah, that was, that was a good movie. I'm going to have to see that one again because it's another one of those ones that's now enough time has gone by that I just don't remember. I only remember. I only remember what I remembered from the first time I saw it, and that is the wizard duel. And that is what I remembered when I saw it the second time, and it's still the only thing I can remember from it. Practically the only thing I can remember from it. So yeah, Little Shop of Horrors, 1986, and then a couple more years go by, and he has two films in one year. Cause, uh, and the uh, first of them is apparently an uncredited appearance as himself in the movie, which I assume is a John Hughes-related film. She's having a baby. Now that I did not see. I have seen it. I think it's Kevin Bacon. I like Kevin Bacon, so it's uh, I do as well. Um, I saw it once. I remember it being kind of a downer, but a good movie. Uh, I think it was a downer because it was very serious and kind of very adult. It wasn't like a Ferris Bueller kind so of film, like which was more light. Bill Murray comedy. It's it's more of a more of a type subject. Yeah. Yeah, it's adults, you know, having adult problems and whatnot. It's pretty good. Pretty good movie. I'm going to have to see that one again. Um, I'll have to look for his cameo. I'm pretty sure Alec Baldwin is in it as well. Really? Young Alec Baldwin, yeah. Like around the same time as, uh, around the same time as Beetlejuice, Alec Baldwin. Which, by the way, he plays a fucking phenomenal Donald Trump on SNL. That's what I've heard. Dude, I am fucking telling. And by the way, I loved his performance in Beetlejuice because, and not just, I'm pretty sure by now the audience thinks thinks that you and I have a hard on hard on for Tim Burton, but it's it's well, aside from that, but not that we literally have a hard on for Tim Burton, but no, I no, loved no. His performance in Beetlejuice, I I love the whole Beetlejuice movie, in fact, but um, Alex Baldwin ha- does a phenomenal, and I mean a phenomenal Donald Trump. Not necessarily looks like him in the face, but his voice, like his mannerisms, the way he he carries himself as the character Donald Trump, he just does a phenomenal job. And I've seen many um, impersonations of Donald Trump, and by far, he's got it nailed. Well, I mean, I look forward to seeing more of it someday. I mean, hopefully only in retrospect. Well, but yeah, uh, just look up, uh, just look up SNL Donald Trump, and you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. It's it's it's, it's fucking hilarious. But getting back to uh, the great uh, king of comedy, or one of the kings of comedy, Bill Murray. Oh, okay. Um, well, let's see then. In well, then after, also in 1988, a film that we uh, spoke of earlier, uh, Scrooged. Ah yes, yes, yes. We did talk about that in the last episode. The the uh, the Michael O'Donoghue scripted uh, Bobcat Goldthwait co-starring, um, and uh, it, 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 and another thing I was going to add to that. Um, uh, oh, Richard Donner directed Scrooged. Yes, he did. Richard. So yeah. Buddy Hackett. Boy. You know what's funny? What did I Hackett? say? Everything. Well, yeah, aside from everything, but um, <laughs> th- um, all right, all right, all right. To get off the subject for for a brief second, okay? Uh, okay, off the subject of Buddy. This, this is Buddy Hackett related, okay? 
Okay. This is a joke. Direct, and, and I'm going to paraphrase this, and I'll probably fuck it up because I'm not Buddy Hackett, but this is a, a, a <laughs> joke from Buddy Hackett. Now, keep in mind, when I heard this joke, I had to be about maybe 10 or 11 <laughs> years old watching this man. Okay. Because my dad loved Buddy Hackett, so whenever he watched Buddy Hackett, I watched Buddy Hackett, and maybe I wasn't really ready to watch Buddy Hackett, and certainly not <laughs> at the time, but this is a, this is a joke, okay? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and I was I was thinking about this a few weeks ago when I was I was I was listening to podcasts. I was basically thinking about uh, myself, right? Okay. And I was thinking about comedians, and see, for me, th- there are many people that can that can tell a formal joke, right? And I want to say that probably the reason why I brought this up is because I was probably listening to a podcast that, that was in relation to this. So to me, there are, there are many people that can tell a formal joke, and it's hilarious. See, mm-hmm. people tell me that I'm funny. Maybe not everyone thinks I'm funny, but people tell me I'm funny. I cannot tell a formal joke. I'm like, I'm funny because I take like life situations and I make them funny because I exaggerate, right? Oh, okay, yeah, exaggeration is is often uh, a key to humor. Exactly. So I can't tell a formal joke, but. Buddy Hackett could tell a formal joke, so here is a formal, here is a formal joke from Buddy Hackett. Okay, mm-hmm, so there's mm-hmm. a, little, a little shoe shine boy in Boston, right? And he's sitting outside a uh, a sandwich shop, and he's having a sandwich, right? Mm-hmm. And as he's eating his sandwich, there are pigeons, and one lands on the table. So the the pigeons like making like the pigeon sounds, right? So the little boy's like, you know, fuck off. Come on, fuck off, fuck off. And the pigeon's like, boo-boo, boo-boo. And, you know, the boy's like, come on, fuck off, fuck off. A little old lady dressed in black, right, mm-hmm. walks up to the boy and says, little boy, you shouldn't talk to the pigeons that way. They're hungry. They want some of your food. If you don't want to feed them, say shoo, pigeons. Shoo, shoo. Then they'll fuck off. <laughs> that's pretty funny. So that's, that's a formal joke from Buddy Hackett. That's a good joke. I like that joke. I like jokes in general. Oh, absolutely. I, like I, I also think that there's 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 more to there's more to telling a formal joke. You have to. I think it's and this is this is from the uh, late great George Carlin. It's also how mm. you deliver a joke. Like even when you, like, oh, yeah. even when you don't, um, even when you're trying, even when you're not trying. Well, I guess not trying to be funny, trying to be funny. But when you're not telling a joke in a formal sense, right? Mm-hmm. And you're telling a story, like a, a funny story, like I tend to do. Like I, I take different life situations and I'll make it funny, right? But it's also the way you tell it, like your delivery, which makes it funny. So if you have a poor delivery system, obviously it's not going to be funny as if you right. had a good delivery system, a good delivery and you know where it's supposed to be funny, like certain spots of your story, you know? Right, right. Oh yeah, yeah. There's yeah. So delivery. So telling a Timing. joke, I cannot do, but telling a Telling an everyday life story, I can make that fucking hilarious. Well, there's a lot of funny things in life, you know. Mm. Um, Absolutely, I can I can make you laugh right now. Like, 
<laughs> well, I just did. I chuckled. Yeah, yeah. You always chuckle. <laughs> you know, I'm a, I'm a funny motherfucker, Tyson. Come on. <laughs> oh, you, yeah, you're funny. You make me laugh. Yeah. What do you mean? What do you mean I'm funny? What am I? Am I a clown? Do I amuse you? Uh, yes, I'm sorry. Yes, go ahead. Yes, yes. What do you mean I'm funny to you? What do you mean I'm funny? No. What? <laughs> <laughs> Joe Pesci from The Goodfellas. So, well, you know, I'm just, no, I don't know. You know, you said it. What do you mean I'm funny? What are you saying to me? God, that seems so tense. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So, you, so yeah, formal joke. <laughs> you were saying, hey, you know, you tell a funny story. You're funny. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What the what fuck is so I'm funny clown, about me? What do you mean funny? No, don't, I'm a clown? don't speak up for the kid. Let him speak for himself. Let him speak for himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a big boy. Yeah, he's a big boy, right? Yeah. He knows. The man knows what he said. Uh, Anyway, so, yeah. Uh, uh, So, okay, so telling jokes, you're saying? Oh, Buddy Hackett. I learned earlier in my life that I cannot tell a formal joke. Like, like what I just said there was obviously from Buddy Hackett. It It was a formal joke designed to be funny, right? Yes. It's a long, long form joke, yeah. It, it, you're right. Exactly. Well, I mean, but see, I, I, well, I, mean, I don't know if there's funny a... in that sense, right? I don't know. You did well with the well, thing. Thank you. But go ahead. So I've learned to be funny in other ways, you know? Mm-hmm. That apparently works. And over a period of time, I've learned to, to craft that. And so, like, where, <laughs> for example, you know, I can only be funny every once in a while. Now I can be funny pretty much all the time because I've learned how to craft that. So I can turn that on and off. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And well, it's good. It's good. It's a good talent to have. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think over, like, I think it's something that you have to learn how to develop. So obviously there, there are great many comedians out there that learn this. And there are still people that can't be funny who try to be funny, you know? There are uh, people that, yeah, they can't be funny. They try to be sure. Like it, it's kind of like when somebody goes on, uh, um, what's that? What's that show where people sing and shit? Um, American Idol. Oh, yeah. And they're like, yeah. They, they what about it? And they get denied because they can't sing, and they're crying. And they're like, "This is not how uh. I usually sing." I don't know what happened today. No, you really can't sing. You suck, okay? Everyone sounds good in the shower. Well, you know, it's those tile walls. The acoustics is what they say. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I mean, I can't sing that, you know, shit. Even I sound good in the shower. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I try not to sing too loud in the shower because uh, I got neighbors. So. Because <laughs> I got but, um, neighbors. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I got a, I got no fan in there, so if I'm taking a shower, it gets steamed up in there, so I got to open the uh, window a little bit, so I don't tend to sing very loud. I hum a bit to myself, depending, you know, I'm usually think, thinking about things. I mean, I can't listen to podcasts in the shower uh, yet. <laughs> Believe me, Maybe I one day. Learn, if we had the technology, and I thought about how to do this years ago, if I could do a podcast... Or, you know, our show, obviously, now. If I could do our mm-hmm. show while in the shower, I, I definitely would. I would be taking a nice hot shower uh, while speaking to you in the audience. God, welcome to white noise and squeaking. That's, <laughs> welcome to me. That's all, you, that's all you'd hear. Balls. You'd be like, <laughs> and, 
<laughs> their feet on the thing the whole time. That's what it would sound like. Well, welcome to. Oh God. Yeah. Well, it'd be maybe you know maybe if you could mic it. Sure. I mean, but no, they have blue. They have waterproof Bluetooth speakers now that go in the shower. So theoretically, if I had one of those, I could listen to podcasts in the shower. Point is, I listen to podcasts. Like I, when I'm doing housekeeping, I work on. I listen to podcasts. So I don't have to hear the thoughts that are in my head, basically. <laughs> so I've got entertained that way. I listen to other people having conversations about stuff. So like, you know, Bert Kreischer, Todd Glass, uh, Harmontown. Uh, Harmontown's really good. Uh, Gilbert Gottfried, re, uh, talking to old Hollywood and that just, and that's fascinating to me. I'm and of course, you know, it's just. I'm up all night. Could be. Oh, yeah, that's right. Up all night. And Rhonda Shear was on that. The, oh, he, she was a guest on his podcast too. And that was an interesting, I cause I never saw Up All Night cause I think it was on USA. It was watching it when I was like was cable yeah and he always uh, he always introduced like a different uh, movie whether it's horror or whatever he used to do and in between mm-hmm. obviously because USA had commercials back in those days so he was he would always come on before uh, the show restarted and and it was it was actually pretty cool I I enjoyed it growing up yeah, Gilbert. Let's see. The first Mike's first exposure to Gilbert Gottfried was uh, Beverly Hills Cop Two. Ah, yes, 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 yes. Ah, uh, you know what's significant about Beverly Hills Cop Two? A few things, but just, uh, I'm sure there's something specific you're thinking of. Can you give me a hint? Or very two specific people. Uh, Gilbert Gottfried and Eddie Murphy were both on Saturday Night Live together. In okay. Oh, in the movie. Hefner Characters? or Rock. Oh, are they both... Is Hugh Hefner in that movie? Sure. It's been a long time since I've seen it. See, this is the thing. is That's another one of those movies that I haven't seen in a long time. I watched Beverly Hills Cop 1 tonight. Oh, and so I, that means I get to watch Beverly Hills Cop 2 tomorrow. So. Actually, I'm going to go on the record. And I'm not saying this. Obviously, the fans have heard me rant and rave about Mel Gibson before. Um, uh-huh. I'm not saying this because of Mel Gibson. But I totally enjoyed the um, Beverly Hill Cop movies over the Lethal Weapon movies. And, uh, really? Oh, absolutely. And uh, Beverly, Hill Cop, uh, Beverly Hills Cop 2 featured a very mm-hmm. young uh, Chris Rock who was just starting off, and he was a valet at a U.S.A. party. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to have to see that. I mean, I'm going to see it again tomorrow, but I'll be I'll be looking for him there. So, yeah, I, I remember, you know, Gilbert Gottfried was also actually the first impression, which I can't do here because it's late at night where I am and where you are. And uh, I'd have to yell to do the impression because it's Gilbert Gottfried. But uh, it was the first voice that I did in front of people in drama class and developed into a character. And it was based on that character from from uh, from Beverly Hills Cop 2, which to me right. felt like a character. That's, that's right. He was in there because Eddie Murphy walks in and tries to basically say that he had a parking ticket that he didn't pay for. He's like, but that's my wife's car. It's under my name, but it's my wife's car. And he picks up and goes, bitch. Bitch. Yeah, and then Is slams there it down. something in this room that I can give you to make that parking Maybe. ticket go away? Like, you know, go away. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, dude. Yeah, yeah. I totally forgot about him being in that movie. So basically, Eddie Mur- uh, Murphy, and, and to everyone out there, basically, Eddie Murphy basically conned that man into thinking that he had parking tickets. So he basically conned him into giving him $200. Let go, you're pulling my arm. 200 bucks, here you go. They're real crisp. 
Right, right, yeah, I remember that. That, that was obviously that. That I remember that. So, so, in, so I see that movie, right? And then, like, um, not long after that, I see for the first time, uh, and I saw the movie in the theater. So it was long after it came out. Uh, uh, but then, for the first time, I in drama class, I see the movie Citizen Kane, which I had never, I had, which I had never seen before. So now, so I'm watching Citizen Kane, and there's a character in that film that I'm like, I wonder if. That whoever, because I didn't know Gilbert Gottfried's name yet. I wonder if that character, if that guy, was doing a version of this character from Citizen Kane. Huh. I guess I'll. I guess I'll never know. I mean, I think their names were similar too, or it was something. I'll have to see now. Tomorrow, I get to watch that again and then make that determination of whether my memory is even close to being. You know, correct about how that seemed. Well, that about does it for the Antisocial Show. I'm Tyson Sainer. And I'm Hunter Block. Be decent to each other. Have a good time, folks. 